Hi guys, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast. No, I'm not back as host, but I am back for a one-off episode to chat to Roger Longden, founder and chairman at There Be Giants, to get a little bit of an update from him, to see what's been going on and what he's been up to, and to talk about his new role at There Be Giants. So, hey Roger, for those listeners that might be tuning in for the very first time, Please, can you introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about yourself and your history at Derby Giants? Hey, Carly. Yeah, sure, no problem. So, yeah, hi, listeners. Uh, I'm for those of you that have uh, are no stranger to to Giant Talk and have been following us since the early days, you might recognise my voice. And I know I popped up on the odd odd one here and there, but uh, I am uh, taking over the reins as the host of Giant Talk going forward, which I'm really excited about. And this is all part and parcel of a change uh, to my role, which has taken place in the past few months. So I've moved from being managing director of the business now up to chairman of the business, which allows me to spend a bit more time on things like uh, uh, this, which I see as sort of supporting and developing the brand even further. Uh, And it ties in nicely as well with the work that I'm doing on thought leadership for the business. So working closely with yourself and the rest of the marketing team on, uh, on, on creating really high quality content around uh, not just OKRs, but also the broader organizational performance piece. But I'll come on to that in a, in, in a few minutes. Um, I mean, this is a, a great evolution for the business. Uh, the business has been around for, in various shapes and forms for 13 years now. Having started as a as a coaching business initially, and uh, then pivoting into OKRs because I noticed that a lot of clients that I was working with were, were great at developing plans and strategies, but really were struggling with getting the the you know what what the priorities were within those plans and strategies into everyday activity, and so. When I did my own research and uh, wrote my very first paper, um, uh, that's when it came to light that OKRs were being used by some of the most successful companies in the world. And I thought, right, okay, let's 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 have a play with these. And I was able to use them with my clients at that point in time and started to see some really good results. And uh, the rest, as you can say, is history. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. So, yeah, moving um, into the chairman position, but still very, very much involved in in, in everything at Derby Giants. And it's great to have you as um, back as host um, of the podcast. I know you've got some exciting guests coming up and really enjoying some of those conversations. Um, so you've been at the forefront of OKRs for some time now. Back in the Giant Talk early days, you shared many interesting podcasts and conversations on OKRs and the use of them um, with various business leaders across the globe, um, not just here in the UK, but over in the States and um, Australia, for example. Have your thoughts or feelings changed at all on OKRs during the past few years or so? Well, that's a good question. Um, I would say yes. I mean, inevitably, as one builds up more experience, 
um, you know, your 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 learning develops, your 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 thinking evolves, and so forth. Therefore, you know, your practice should also uh, change. Um, otherwise, you know, you're not. <laughs> if you're doing it exactly the same way as you did from on day one, then I'd say something's not working. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, there's, there are a number of, co- uh, of, of, of common threads if you trace everything back to, to, to day one, and uh, there are a number of common threads, but there's also um, some interesting sort of uh, shifts and evolutions that have taken place. So to give you some more concrete examples, um, I think as we started to work more with larger organisations and having also worked in when I before I started the business worked in larger organizations uh, and I'm talking organizations of like 15,000 people plus um, so definitely in the corporate um, space um, a massive challenge which organizations uh, large ones face is around siloed working and it became clear uh, a few years ago, that OKRs actually were a great way to try and work across those silos or even break through some of those silos to start to build up some common shared objectives which brought together uh, parts of the business which normally would be working in isolation or possibly in competition. Yeah. So I think. What was a really important development in our methodology there was um, making sure that we built in all the necessary steps to really encourage, promote and and support cross-functional working. And that was a significant step change in the impacts that um, clients reported that OKRs were giving them. Um, do you know what? A lot of it's got to do with the questions that you ask. So, <laughs> and the, the way that you kind of guide their thinking at the right point. And that's what, you know, that's, that's the value that we add. And that's what they, that's what they pay us for. They pay us for our expertise. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that was an important one. Um, give you another one if you want. Yeah. Uh, I think if you, if you read, I'm sure people tuning into this will be will, will be listening because they're you know, mad, uh, uh, mad keen on OKRs and have probably read most of the books out there, uh, probably most likely more than anything, Measure What Matters, John Dara's book. Mm-hmm. And John's done a huge amount for OKRs to raise their profile. Um, but I, and I would happily talk, talk this over, over a beer with him, <laughs> and this is nothing new because we've already said this in the past. I know on on, on previous uh, on, on previous podcasts, but I would take issue with some of the some of the, the claims that he makes and measure what matters. Um, like for instance, that everyone in the in the organisation can have OKRs, mm. um, and it depends on the type of business. If you if you run a, if you're in a, an early stage startup, which is hugely about transformation and growth and there isn't much steady state activity, then yeah, sure, everybody can have OKRs or certainly an input into OKRs. But if you've got a very mature business that has a lot of uh, repeatable activity, you know, really comprehensive operational activity that's going on, then 
unless you're seeking to transform that in some way, then the best way to manage the performance of that particular you know, repeatable activity is not through OKRs. You manage that through KPIs. And uh, uh, consequently, you know, I've seen organisations that have tried to follow his teachings, I suppose you might say, um, and try and give everybody, for fear of not wanting to leave people out, which, you, you know, you can, you, fair play is, 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 a, is, a, is a reasonable uh, motivation and desire to, 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 to want to do it. But it is mistaken because what happens is you end up with an absolute beast of a bureaucratic system, which, which ends up being anything but, you know, the agile, responsive um, way of working, which OKRs have, you know, come with the promise of. So it's as much to do with how you um, decide on using OKRs as it is to actually having the OKRs created themselves. You know, just writing a set of OKRs won't change nothing, won't change anything. You've got to give thought to how you design, how you use them. We call it the framework. Mm. Um, so I think that's that's important. Um, and within those books, one of their very clear messages is never link uh, OKRs to performance management. And I agree with that. There is a but coming. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> but coming. I agree there should never be a hard link, a hard connection between, you know, a percentage OKR, so a percentage key results achievement and, you know, somebody's, the amount somebody gets as a pay rise or a bonus. Yeah. The you do that, you, you, can, you shut down any willingness to, to, to try something new, to experiment, to stretch, to, 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 to do something which brings a risk of falling short. Um, however, I do take a bit more of a pragmatic approach in that there are a collection of behaviours um, of of attributes which I believe are really important if somebody's going to be wholeheartedly committing and engaging with OKRs. And I think when it comes to assessing performance, um, I think you can you can look for evidence of 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 that practice of that behaviour um, in how you assess someone's performance. So it's not necessarily the 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 results per se but it's you know for instance if they have been willing to stretch and try something new and have in this particular instance fallen short but have demonstrated that they've learned from it and that they've adapted for the next cycle i would argue until my last breath that that is higher performance mm. than just setting a lower target and going yeah we've reached target yeah yeah so I think it's really important that any approach to performance assessment that where OKRs are in use has what I'd call a loose coupling between them so that you are encouraging and rewarding the right behaviours and the right approaches, but just not necessarily linking it directly to, you know, the hard and fast results, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
So, and I, and I think as well. Um, sorry, you're not sh- not shutting me up here, are you? <laughs> no, carry on. <laughs> I think as well. Uh, I mean, this is an evolution for the for for there be giants more than anything else. Is that you know OKRs are only part of the picture when it comes to organisational performance, and that's what we're talking about here. So we've started working a lot more with um, KPIs as well, which are two sides of the same coin. You know, you, you shouldn't have one without the other, but they do measure and track different types of performance, as I, as I mentioned earlier. And sitting above that is the concept of a PMO. And I don't mean project management office. That's what that term often relates to. What I mean is performance management office. Um, where you have a team of performance specialists that are available for supporting uh, various different, you know, whether it be OKRs or KPIs, uh, overseeing the governance, uh, providing training around it, and so on and so forth. And we've we've worked on that concept with um, a couple of clients now, and it's really gained good good traction because they've become kind of like this community of best practice for, for performance in the business. Um, so yeah, that's, that's an interesting, an interesting step forward for us. Yeah. Thank you, Raj. And I know that as the podcast evolves, you'll be chatting to various guests around the the wider performance topic and, you know, not just focus on OKRs, but you know, how you need to have both OKRs and KPIs, um, and how you should be using both and how they work together. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to listening to those upcoming podcasts. I know I've asked you this question before and previous hosts and have asked you um, this question back in um, when you featured on podcasts in the past, but do you have any advice for anyone listening? And I'm sure there are many people listening that are just embarking on that OKR journey. So any key bits of advice that you would give to those leaders or, or new coaches starting on their their OKR path? So um it kind of links it's sort of taking taking uh, a little bit further what I mentioned earlier. Don't assume that just by writing OKRs it's going to change the world for you. Um yeah I mean it is a skill because there are different ways that you can write key results and so on and so forth. And we're not going to go into that in any detail at the moment, but it's dead easy to get them wrong. Um, So yes, all right, pay attention to getting those right, but that's not enough. You have to give thought to how you're going to use them. Um, You know, I'm working with a a business at the moment um, that has done exactly that. You know, they 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 created a set of OKRs and thought, right, let's get cracking. And then six months on, nothing's changed because they didn't have any sort of framework in place, which where they had kind of they 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 they'd agreed, you know, the routines that they were going to stick stick to and 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 the habits they were going to keep and how they were going to do this and when it was going to happen and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, they've struggled. They've struggled, and it's not made a difference. Unfortunately, they have the the foresight and wisdom to realise that they need a bit of help. So that's why they, that's why they came and approached us. 
So, you know, you need to give thought as to how you're going to use them. Uh, and also, I would say, you know, don't follow the books verbatim. Mm -hmm. They are not Bibles. They are good starting points. But the most important thing is find the way, and whether that's through your own judgment or, you know, working with uh, a, a specialist like ourselves, find the best way to use OKRs in your business. Because it's not one size fits all. You know, just looking at it purely in terms of size, a business that is um, rapidly growing, we get this with a lot of tech businesses, actually, that, uh, you know, a hundred, couple of hundred employees, they will have a very different way of using OKRs as to our larger organizations like broadcasters and, um, and telecommunications businesses. You know, they have very different ways of structuring them. Um, yeah, sure, the OKRs are still written in the same way, but it's just different ways of using them and different ways of, 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 uh, of, of getting the most out of them. So I think it's really important to work that out. Mm -hmm. and, and also, just to kind of wrap that point up, don't expect to get it right first time because I promise you, you won't. Mm. And you know what? There is no right. There's a, there's a right for this point in time, but what's right this year might, because the business is hopefully going to grow and evolve, that might not be right in 12 or 18 months time. So like any process, um, I've, it slips, slips my mind, the name of the, uh, of the law, if you will, the theory, but there, there is a theory about um, degrade, degradation of systems. So if you have a system and you don't continually look at it and evolve it, it actually um, degrades over time in terms of its effectiveness and its functionality. So OKRs are an organizational system and it's exactly the same principle. You know, if you, if you're, you know, 100 people now and you have a way of using OKRs, when you get to 500 people or 1,000 people, like I said, that's not going to work. So you need to be reviewing and asking questions, not every single week or every single month or even every single quarter, but I would say definitely at least once a year be asking, is there a way, are these still, you know, are we still using these in the right way or is there a better way that we could be um, getting more value from them? Um. And what comes with that, I think, is a degree of experimentation. Mm -hmm. And this is, a, I think, a, a big shift in mindset from how objectives have been used in the past, particularly for performance management, because the message for many years has been hit your objectives or else, you know, you don't get your pay rise, you don't get your promotion, you don't get your bonus. Mm -hmm. OKRs work really well when they're used to test out new ideas. And that kind of, it takes the, it doesn't completely remove it, but it helps to reduce the fear factor around giving, well, we're, we're testing here and we're experimenting here. And because there's, there's kind of an acceptance that if you test an experiment, you are prepared for it not to necessarily work 100%, but the, also the value that you get out of it is you learn from it. Mm -hmm. So there's, I think, you know, taking that sort of testing, experimental mindset approach when you're kind of working out 
and asking the question, what is it that, that's going to help us move forward? How are we going to transform things? Well, let's test this for the next three months and see whether it works. OKRs are absolutely perfect for that. And that's when I've when when um when I've seen clients adopt that approach and sort of take that, uh, you, you use that approach with that sort of mindset, that's when I've seen OKRs really, you know, deliver some um breakthroughs for them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And any of those um sort of diehard listeners will have heard us say on many, many occasions um, about testing, learning and adapting. It's not a giant talk podcast if we don't mention it. <laughs> um, testing, learning and adapting. And I thought, I just thought of something else there while she was talking. I wondered if we could just quickly um, mention this was around, um, you, you mentioned tech and software organisations. And I was just thinking about um, how you've seen um, the maturity of OKRs not just in the UK, but across um, different regions and locations, but also um, seeing new um, so different sectors sort of adopting OKRs and not just those in the tech and software space, you know, new. Um... Yeah, yeah, I've, I have seen the market evolve over the past mm-hmm. seven years. Um, what was mainly, you know, just the preserve of pure technology businesses like mm-hmm. and so on and so forth we are seeing um the more traditional businesses that are heavily technology enabled now mm-hmm. um that are turning to okay ours you know the pandemic was a big kick up the backside for a lot of organizations because it helped them to realize actually they're not quite as adaptive um and responsive as they thought they were and also they didn't really have great management processes in place for uh keeping teams focused especially whilst they're working remotely and that was a uh, another great um advantage of okrs in in that particular scenario mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i, I what i've seen is I mean, the so- the software, the OKR software market mm-hmm. has driven, I think, more than anything, the uh, the, the the level of OKR adoption um, because they're the ones that are very well funded. They're the ones that have massive marketing budgets. They're the ones that mm-hmm. get more more eyes than 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 we could, for instance, and. It started off with a lot of small players in the market, and there's been some consolidation, and a few of them have bought each other out, and you know it's grown. It's grown in that sense, but then, then you see a big shift like Microsoft come into the market, and that's when you see a big tipping point because mm-hmm. obviously they bring with them, you know, the deepest penetration, market penetration globally of any software company, um, and. That means they have more relationships on which they can, through which they can, uh, you know, promote uh, uh, their OKR software and consequently the OKR methodology as well. So we're seeing some, some, we're seeing it move into definitely the the larger organisations, but it doesn't mean to say that it's it's getting used across the whole of the organisation. You know, I'm sure that that can be actually quite counterproductive. Um, but they are recognizing that it's a really important um, 
uh, tool to have in their kit bag for the specific parts of their organization that focus on the transformation, focus on, you know, the the testing and the innovation. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we are seeing it become more widely adopted across various different sizes and 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 industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to, to see the involvement. Roger, I know that you are an avid reader and you like to read a variety of books. So I want to ask you, what is your favourite book? Oh, favourite, 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 favourite. I think the one which has had um, the biggest impact on me in the past couple of years was the Fearless Organisation by Amy Edmondson, um, which is, I'd, I'd heard about psychological safety and I'd read about it in the past, but I, I was fortunate enough to, to, to hear a speaker at a conference and um, I was just blown away. And what she was able to do more than anybody, and she does this very well in the book, is create a direct connection between um, healthy levels of psychological safety and commercial benefit, and consequently low levels uh, of, of psychological safety and, uh, should we say, commercial disaster. So I think that was the the strongest case that I've ever seen made for, you know, this being something that leaders really should focus on. And it's such a vital part of OKR conversations, you know, to be able to encourage people to step forward so that they feel safe enough to, to, to put that crazy idea on the table, you know, to, to explore if it's worth experimenting. And, and also when they're up and running, and you're perhaps only a key result and something's happened and your confidence has dropped, you know, if you're fearful about actually being open about that and still report it as being on track, and then at the end of the quarter, it just doesn't make it, you've missed an opportunity as a business to actually, you know, provide some support, try and help get that back on track. Uh, And that's fear, which can block it. That's fear. So, uh, the, the, you know, psychological safety is a really important facet uh, that underpins, you know, great OKR practice. So I would say I'd say that book was was probably the the the, the best one. She's got some great examples in it as well. So I couldn't I, I really couldn't recommend it more highly. Yeah. OK, thank you. Um, and I know that psychological safety is um, an area and a topic that we'll be delving into a little bit more in some podcast episodes um roger is also has his own book that he's wrote um so yes. released <laughs> last year um so uh, the um, okr coach handbook which um, we, we'll link to in the show notes for anyone interested in having a look at a practical guide to using okrs thank you roger for for chatting to me and giving um us an update it's been really good to, to talk and Roger will be back shortly chatting to some external guests and there's some, some great episodes coming up as I've alluded to throughout this chat. If you want to get in touch with us, as always, you can do so by emailing growth at debbiegiants.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Carly. And thank you for uh, keeping it in such good hands. <laughs> thank you, Roger. All right. Take care.